WNYC Studios is supported by Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hey, Lulu here. Whether we are romping through science, music, politics, technology, or feelings, we seek to leave you seeing the world anew. Radiolab adventures right on the edge of what we think we know, wherever you get podcasts. Welcome to NYC Now, your source for local news in and around New York City from WNYC. It's Tuesday, November 28th. Here's the midday news from Lance Lucky. Migrants who still need a place to stay after 30 days in New York City's shelter system are now being sent to a former school in the East Village to reapply for housing. A recent city policy limits shelter stays for new arrivals to one month. 28-year-old Frank Ramirez says he still wasn't able to get a shelter placement yesterday after waiting online more than 15 hours. He says the city is playing tricks on them as if they were children and telling newcomers to go somewhere knowing there isn't space. The city says migrants who were still online last night outside the former St. Bridget's School were given cots and placed in emergency facilities or slept on the floor in a Bronx waiting room during the code blue weather, cold weather rule. Migrants were back online this morning as early as 4 a.m. Drivers looking to cross the Brooklyn Bridge into Manhattan overnight should make alternate plans over the next several weekends. Manhattan-bound lanes on the bridge will be closed Saturdays and Sundays from midnight until 8 a.m. Closures will continue on Mondays from midnight until 5 a.m. A legendary New York City journalist has died. Pablo Guzman had stents at channels 2, 4, and 5, covering every corner of the five boroughs. A Bronx native, he graduated from Bronx High School of Science and SUNY Old Westbury. During his days before his days as a TV reporter, Guzman also co-founded New York City's Young Lords Party, the Puerto Rican revolutionary group inspired by the Black Panthers. Mayor Adams celebrated Guzman's legacy on social media, saying, quote, the city is a better place because of the work he did. Guzman was 70 years old. 39 now, right around our high today, breezy and sunshine this afternoon. This week on the New Yorker Radio Hour, a young writer attaches himself to a rising star in politics named Barack Obama. Interesting guy, speaks in what sound like paragraphs. Very good posture, that guy. Enviable posture. <laughs> I am a writer and I have this, this very slight hunch. He has none of that. A political coming-of-age story from staff writer Vincent Cunningham, plus actor and director Bradley Cooper, all on the New Yorker Radio Hour from WNYC Studios. Listen wherever you get your podcast. On WNYC, I'm Michael Hill. As the world continues to grapple with the ongoing Israel-Hamas war, Holocaust survivors in New York City have found themselves dealing with a range of emotions. WNYC's Brittany Craigstein spoke to several of them about how they're feeling these days and what guidance they may be able to offer. Holocaust survivors are often resilient, empathetic people. I know from personal experience. My paternal grandparents were survivors from Poland. My grandma spent time in Auschwitz as a teenager. And I grew up listening to harrowing stories about their experiences. But the events of October 7th and the aftermath of the violence in Gaza 
hit this aging population especially hard. What happened in October 7, it is beyond understanding. That's Sammy Steigman, an 83-year-old survivor who grew up in Ukraine and Romania and now lives in Harlem. He was just a baby when Nazis conducted medical experiments on him, leaving him with intense chronic pain. My own grandparents, Roman and Cecile, passed away a few years ago, so I wanted to ask other survivors if they had some advice for younger generations trying to navigate what's happening in the Middle East. There are between 16 and 20,000 survivors still living in the New York area, according to recent data. Steigman and other survivors I interviewed described a complex range of reactions after October 7th, from fears over a rise in anti-Semitism to concerns about the violence being perpetrated on Israelis and Palestinians alike. Whether it's the 1,400-plus who died in Israel or the 10,000-plus who are dying in Gaza, uh, that I find equally upsetting. That's 81-year-old Joe Gosler, a survivor from Holland who, as an infant, was taken in by a non-Jewish Dutch family. Israel recently lowered the country's death toll from 1,400 to 1,200, while Gaza's Ministry of Health says the death toll there has surpassed 11,000. Gosler says he identifies with the experiences of both Israelis and Palestinians in this conflict. From his home in Manhattan's East Village, he says it's hard to watch the violence unfold on the news. Especially death and dislocation. People having to go against their will from one place to another. And in the process of going, being separated, and of course in many cases being killed. Gosler says it feels like some parts of history are repeating themselves. We're in that state, actually, the 1930s. Kristallnacht is about to happen. That's the sad part. Not necessarily to Jews, could be to Muslims, could be to some uh, poor neighborhood of one sort or another. Maybe it will happen in the Ukraine, as it has happened in some ways, or maybe it will happen, as in some ways it has, in the Middle East. 85-year-old Doris Schechter was born in Vienna, spent her early years in a ghetto in Italy, and finally came to New York when she was six to live in a refugee camp in Oswego, under a program President Roosevelt created. She's worried about the hatred she's seeing all around, but says that finding the truth and teaching it to others is the best way to support tolerance. There is a glimmer of a truth in what everyone's opinion is. And if you are smart enough to really encapsulate that, it could be very helpful. Joe Gosler also says it's crucial to have an open mind about both sides of the conflict. It's never black and white. There are so many other shades of light uh, that uh, you also need to understand and absorb, not necessarily agree with, but at least understand and absorb. Amid the clamor of opinions in headlines and on social media, survivors have a unique perspective, one born from unimaginable horror that has evolved into strength and wisdom. Sammy Steigman, who has now dedicated his life to speaking publicly about his Holocaust experiences, says this situation gives him and other survivors a chance to really make a difference to young people. An optimist sees in every problem an opportunity. And I look at what's happening today 
and I see that there is an opportunity, okay, for us, more people like me, to educate the next generation. The reason that we have to talk about the Holocaust forever and ever is because the Holocaust is the best example what hate can do to a person, to a group of people, to a nation, to the world. And we are experiencing it today. Though they are resilient, many of the survivors need help themselves to navigate daily life as elderly New Yorkers, but also to process the images of violence and the heated rhetoric on both sides of the conflict. Hanan Simhon is the vice president of the Holocaust Survivor Program at Self Help, an organization that has provided support and assistance to survivors around the country since 1936. He says the Hamas attack and its impact has been especially traumatic for survivors. Though they've lived through other wars and turbulent times, Simon says October 7th brought back painful memories of their own family members taken from their homes and killed by the Nazis. We reach out to them and we support them as best we can through that acknowledging that this is going to trigger something in our Holocaust survivors. Besides one-on-one therapy sessions, Simon has created a virtual class for survivors to talk about their feelings in a group setting. He says the organization currently provides a variety of services to more than 4,000 survivors in New York alone. They are strong and, and they are uh, able to continue to live their lives despite the, the tragedies and, and frightening things that are happening in our society right now. During this dark, uncertain time, the survivors say it's more important than ever to treat each other with compassion, empathy, and understanding. Brittany Crickstein, WNYC News. Thanks for listening. This is NYC Now from WNYC. Be sure to catch us every weekday, three times a day, for your top news headlines and occasional deep dives. And subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be back this evening 